You're listening to the Better Man Podcast, becoming life-giving men together. Men's ministry, it's happening everywhere around the country. And today we're going to talk with Mike Young, president of the National Coalition of Men's Ministry, to find out what is God doing in men in America. Today on the Better Man Podcast. So, Robert, we are here once again in your lovely kitchen in Little Rock, Arkansas. That's right. And we're here with Mike Young. Mike, welcome to the Better Man Podcast. Hey, thanks for having me, guys. It's great to hang out with you. I wish I were at the table with you there. Yeah. Yeah, we'd love to have you here, Mike. Uh, (laughs) Yeah, I think I I met you for the first time uh, near here. That's right. When you were out here for one of our, our Better Man pilot projects. Yeah, and Mike, it's great to be back with you again. Mike and I go way back with uh, men's ministry, and I've had the privilege of going over to Richmond and and other places to do uh, men's events with Mike, and he is a really faithful leader within the uh, men's community. Well, Mike, tell us a little bit about that. You are with uh, the National Coalition of Men's Ministry, and... uh, You're the president of that. Tell us a little bit about what that network is and what it does. Yeah, so the, the NCMN, National Coalition for Ministries to Men, is, uh, is exactly that. It's a coalition. Guys come together, um, and what we share is this unusual calling to disciple men. Most of these guys, um, are they wake up every morning thinking about you know, God has formed me. He's shaped me. He's prepared me to disciple men in some ways. Um, and, and so that shared calling brings guys together from across the country. But what's interesting about our group is that calling manifests itself in different ways with various ministries. So some guys are like myself. I'm a, I consider myself a regional ministry guy. I work with churches helping to disciple men across the state of Virginia. So there are other guys who do work like that. <clears throat> Some write books and speak. Others are denominational guys. Um, some guys develop curriculum. Uh, some guys have a uh, like an outdoor sports oriented ministry that targets men. So there are varieties of of different ways that guys are engaged in discipling men. But what we share in the National Coalition is this common calling that God has placed on our lives, that men are a priority and we want to be at work in helping them find Christ or come to Christ and then be transformed by walking with him. So just out of curiosity, Mike, how many organizations are a part of NCMM? Right now there's about 150. Um, That's incredible. Yeah. And that's great. It is. It's really cool. But you know what? There are plenty of ministries out there that we know do men's work, our discipling men, that are not part of NCMM. So we think it could be much larger. And uh, you know, part of what we're working for is to try and engage more and more ministries and ministry leaders that are sold out to discipling men. So, Mike, let me ask you one of the things that, because uh, I've been involved with MCMM, have right. you found the church more receptive to MCMM, or do you feel like uh, it, it's still you working outside the overall church boundary lines? So uh, the church, 
there are a few churches that are members of NCMM, uh, but really when you see a church name on our our membership list, it's generally one guy at the church. So if um, who who is the key leader? So if they have a men's pastor or um, uh, a very engaged men's leader who knows about NCMM and understands the value of connecting with other ministries, then um, there is some connection there. But in terms of churches overall, just embracing the concept of NCMM, um, we haven't seen that on broad scale. What we see more often than not is our member ministries develop relationships with local pastors and leaders and then find ways to serve them. So um, most of the members of NCMM are coming alongside the church in some way. They're not necessarily in the church. Okay. Do, 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 you, do you have a good read on why uh, more churches aren't involved in men's ministry today? You know, uh, Robert, we, this is something that gets kicked around constantly. And I think, it, as a matter of fact, I met with two pastors yesterday. One of them, uh, very passionate. I mean, he's, he's rocking it with men. The other one is just struggling and frustrated with trying to get a few men to engage. And so I think part of it is just um, it's the heaviness of the mantle of the pastorate sometimes that keeps some pastors focused on all of the other stuff, even though in a conversation they would agree that discipling men should be a priority. They struggle to make it such and figure out how to do that. And um, some of these guys just, um, that, that's why the member ministries of NCMM, I think, are of value to them because we can come alongside the church and help them answer questions, serve them. But um, so many of these pastors, they aren't sure how to engage the men. And quite honestly, they've seen things take place with men's discipleship that were, you know, mediocre at best a lot of times and not really producing fruit. And so they, um, they aren't sure how much time and energy to invest in it. And, you know, there's so many other things when you're a pastor, obviously, you know, um, that can pull your attention away from investing in the men, but that becomes short-sighted because if you're not building up your men, then you're not going to have the leaders in a pipeline that are going to be prepared to help you uh, advance the kingdom through the local church. And so um, it's just this really kind of ugly cycle that we see over and over again with so many pastors. Yeah. Well, I could say amen to that. I see that a lot as well. What what are what are some of the bright spots you've seen in the last couple of years, Mike, with uh, men's ministry generally and with maybe a church engaging with you all in men's ministry? What's, what are yes. some of the victories? Yeah, so I, here's what I have have begun to take note of. I meet um, on Friday mornings with a, with a group of guys uh, that I've been meeting with for a number of years at a Panera. And when I look around that restaurant, generally on Friday mornings, there are three or four other small groups of men that are meeting around God's word. And I started paying attention to this, and it's like, wow, in this one restaurant on one morning, there are all these guys that are meeting to, to sharpen each other and to, to hold each other accountable to the word. Um, so I did this little research project last summer and counted up that within, there's a Starbucks right down the street from that, and then there are a couple of other places, but I believe within a five-mile radius of that, there's probably between 75 and 125 small groups of men that meet to engage God's word on a weekly basis. 
And so when I travel, I go to breakfast at a McDonald's or a Chick-fil-A or wherever, and I constantly see guys around the word in the morning at these restaurants. Um, and so one of the things that I've found encouraging over the last couple of years is that I think the men's ministry movement in, in the 90s was just macro with promise keepers and all of the, the noise that came along with that. But what I'm encouraged by now is that I think the movement is gaining strength in some ways, but it's micro and it's under the radar so it doesn't get noticed. So, so I'm encouraged that guys are engaging the word. Yeah. Okay. So it's just kind of a men are taking the initiative on their own to circle up with other men and just do different kinds of men's enrichment in the scriptures or uh, different kind of discipleship programs, but they're doing it not because they've been uh, programmed to do it. They're just, it's more natural. Exactly. And, and so I can give you a specific uh, example of that. So there's, there's one group of guys that meets at this restaurant on Friday mornings and I stopped in. I, I have a tendency to kind of invite myself into the middle of those conversations sometimes and just ask questions. And so this one group of four guys started because they all worked together. Um, and they, they discovered that they were each Christ followers. They go to different church that are from different denominations. I mean, these are, these are quite different. Their church experiences are very different, but they knew that they had Christ in common Mm. And they began to ask each other, how can we do a better job of living out our faith at work? And so two years ago, they've been meeting for two years, they started uh, meeting together for Bible study on a weekly basis. And so the, their churches may not even know that they get together, but it was completely organic that these guys were hungry for something that was going to help them live out their faith more consistently in the workplace and in their homes. And so I just love those stories that they're all over the place. So is MCMM doing things that would encourage that kind of organic expansion? I, yes. In some places, um, you know, I love when, you know, some of our authors or speakers are, you know, they're doing things that would catalyze guys to begin thinking about this. I, you know, when I have pastors talk to me about what's the most effective men's discipleship in the local church, I don't talk about big events. I'm talking, I, I like to talk about uh, a, often I call it a campaign. What's it going to take to get your men to the point where more and more guys are meeting with a few other guys to sharpen and encourage each other? Okay. And um, so many Many members of NCMM, uh, and I, Herb Reese is an example. Herb runs a ministry in, um, out of uh, Colorado called New Commandment Men's Ministries. And uh, Herb's whole deal is to get small groups of men to take responsibility and ownership for ongoing investment in ministry to someone in the community that has a need, a chronic need that's being met. And uh, so he's helping guys across the country and around the world actually connect together so that they can actually serve. And out of that comes not only service for these people they're providing care for, but camaraderie and ministry among these men. And so often there are the byproduct is guys get to know each other through many of these ministries and begin to shape and sharpen each other according to God's word. You know, Mike, a lot of people 
kind of talk about there being a crisis among men in America, and you're connecting to all these different ministries throughout the U.S. Uh, do you think there's a crisis, and uh, you know what does that look like? Uh, yes, but I, I think it's hard to describe because I think the crisis has so many facets that it's hard to it's hard to put one definition on it. And so um, we've got some members of NCMM that focus on grandfathering. Um, and, you know, it's, it's not a place where I am currently, but I will have, I will have men come up to me when I speak at various places and say, Mike, I don't know what to do. I raised my son and my daughter in the church. I took them to church and, and all this stuff. But, they're raising our grandkids and they're not connected with the church at all. And I, I just don't know what to do. And so, you know, I would say one aspect of this crisis is the fact that we see some older guys, some seasoned guys who are watching some things happen with their grandchildren that they aren't sure what to do with. And, mm. and they, that's surely a crisis in their lives and they don't know how to engage that. And so when we coach and encourage men on how to be, a godly grandfather, they're stepping into a crisis. Um, you know, we're, we're speaking into a situation that is a crisis. Um, we've got all kinds of guys, uh, the whole idea of the blended family now. I mean, I, I, I come from a family where we are not, we've not been marred by divorce in many ways. Um, but I know lots of families that every, you know, every part of their family is, has some sort of blending and their step families. And, and so there are guys who come to our events and that I get to talk to and say, you know, I need some help on how do I love my child? How do I father a child who's not living in my house? Um, that's a crisis in that guy's life. He, right. he doesn't somehow know what to do with it, but, but man, members of NCMM that work with blended families, help this guy figure out how to do that. And they, you know, we could go on and on with a variety of things. Another kind of generic crisis, I think is this is just loneliness. And we've seen secular research tell us now that most men in their forties are just incredibly lonely. There's no connection. They have no one to talk to. And so they're hungry for someone to process life with. So, um, yeah, I think there, I think there is a crisis, but it is a crisis made up of many, smaller crises, if that makes sense. No, it makes real good sense. Yeah. What what are some other challenges that you're seeing men face right now as a result of kind of just this kind of accelerated culture that we're living in? Look at job change. A man, so much of a man's identity is wrapped up in his work and his ability to provide. And boy, gone are the days when a guy could rely on the fact that he's going to be consistently employed for a significant chunk of his life, and he's going to have something reliable there. And so in some ways, we celebrate this, this idea of upward momentum where we can move from here to there and change jobs and all that stuff. But, but every time there's a transition like that, um, you've got to adjust to a new culture. Often guys are caught in a scenario where they are without work for several months. And so their, their sense of identity and purpose is, is just lost in all of that. And so constantly um, I'm hearing for guys who are just struggling with, 
I'm lost in all of this. And then when you take that guy, if his wife is consistently uh, employed, making earning a living and contributing significantly to the family income, he's, he's even more compromised. And so we see guys that are struggling in those ways. Um, I think uh, I see consistently guys who are struggling with how do I connect with my teenage sons and daughters who's, you know, and the teenage years have always been challenging, but I think they're even more challenging now with our digital culture, which Mark, that's something that you could surely speak into, but I think they're guys that are just bewildered, um, about how to engage their kids because, they're not sure how to penetrate this digital barrier. Yeah, um, I know. I know. With uh, you know, looking just generationally, my kids uh, who are twenty and twenty-two, they were really the first like generation to be coming into their teenage years when smartphones were kind of rapidly becoming a part of daily life. And right. I remember as a parent going, "I have no one." to turn to, to give me advice and counsel on this because this has never existed before. Right. It was exactly. unprecedented access to the world, you know, and, uh, you know, there's a, a popular phrase together alone. <laughs> right. <laughs> and yep. you have this generation that's hyper connected to everybody, but they're aware of things that are going on that they're not a part of. And, um, you know, I, I was at a friend's uh, house and they had his daughters having a slumber party and there were all these girls in the living room on their cell phones right and they would all just start laughing at the same time but they're texting one another and other people that weren't there and they were all part of a group thing but they weren't talking to each other right. but they were yeah. <laughs> and i was just like this is hilarious you know yeah it was just a yeah. very different kind of experience <laughs> and i'm sitting there going who's ever had to no, no other generation of parents have ever faced these kinds of issues. So I can, I can appreciate that. No. And Mike, and, we're, gro- and, we're go ahead. Excuse me. Go ahead. No, go ahead. I was just going to say, and our listeners are out there hearing about all this disruption that's taking place in our world and all the things, the crises, so to speak, that it brings into men's lives. If you were just generally advising a man listening today, about how to find stability and direction, what would be the two or three kind of go-tos that you would say are must to help him find stability in a very unstable world? Yeah. So I, a couple of things come to mind. One is you've got to know who you are and what your role is. A, a guy does um, in the midst of this. And so I'm going to think about myself. I'm 51 years old. I've got four children, two sons in college, one's graduated. I got a daughter who just started high school. And so I'm a dad, I'm a husband, I'm a son who's uh, working to care for my parents. And in the midst of this, I've got to be close to Christ. And I've got to see that my identity comes from him first and not all of these other things. Those are roles in my life, but my identity is as a man who follows Christ. Mm. And then out of that, I've got to find there is always someone, even though I agree with you, Mark, there's no one else who's, there's no other generation who's had to deal with exactly what we've had, what we're having to deal with now as, as 
fathers and, and parents and so forth. But there are people who have raised teenagers and there are folks who have dealt with some of these things. And, and so we need the wisdom of some older men sometimes. Um, and so trying to make sure that we are connected with some guys who can help us keep things in perspective um, and remind us to continue to make investments faithfully in the right things. Um, I think that's critical. And then, and then I think we need to, you know, we've got to read because there's information out there. There's help. And so we need to keep looking for the resources that are going to help us make good decisions and ask good questions. Um, and, you know, so I think we need to be connected with older guys, but we need some other guys. I tell you, these guys that I meet with on Friday morning, we have wrestled with. So exactly when do you give a child a cell phone? When do you release uh, or unleash this monster in the lives of our kids? Um, how do you teach a teenager how to drive? How do you? How do you maintain relationship with a teenager who's who wants to step away and who's distant? Um, how do you love your wife through a medical crisis? Um, and man, if we don't have some other guys who are close enough to have a conversation that goes beyond what I call the the ends, NCAA, NASDAQ, <laughs> NOAA, so that so the weather, um, the, in, the you know we've yeah. got to get away from people who distract us with surface level stuff and deal with real issues in our lives, and that's man we need those guys in our lives. So really, what you're saying is, no matter what age you're in, even this age, the digital age, the fundamentals of manhood are still the fundamentals. You got to be growing in Christ personally. You got to make that yep. commitment, and that's going to mean time in the Word, uh, time in prayer, time thinking yep. through who you are and how you want to grow. You need time with other men, and they need to be close to you where they can speak into your life, and uh, you can speak into theirs. And then you need access to good resources, the best of the best resources that give you outside wisdom that you can digest and process with other men, and then replay it in the world that you live in, in an effective way. Would you say those Absolutely. Are I mean, I, I learned all that from you, Robert. So I, yeah, I mean, that's, no, no one can say it better than Robert Lewis. But, but, but you know what? So out of that, here's part of what makes me so excited, Robert. Um, so my boys know that I get together with some other men on Friday morning. Yeah. And they know what a difference that makes in my life. My wife cheers for me and all of our wives. They want us to make sure you're connected with those guys <clears throat> because they know that is life for us. And so I'm so encouraged and blessed that my sons have sought out close relationships with other men. Uh. It, it, they've sought out relationships with peers, but they've also sought out mentors. And part of that is because they see the value of it. And, and I think this is sometimes where we miss it. If I, could, if I could dial us back to the church a little bit, part of what I talk about when I'm teaching and, and working with small groups and young couples, I talk about the value of those connections in my life. Mm -hmm. And when I do that, what happens is another guy who's never thought that there's something missing in his life says, wow, I really need that. And so they begin to desire it. And then they'll say, well, how do I get there? And so we are trying to help guys 
make those connections, make those decisions and, um, and prioritize some of these things. Because I think part of the, we'll go tie in the crisis thing. I think part of the crisis is that guys don't even know. They can't articulate what's missing in their lives sometimes. They know it's not right. Things are out of balance. I'm missing something, but they can't put their finger on it. And then when you can, can be an example for them of someone who's learning from other guys who's willing to say, hey, I haven't got this thing figured out. I need some wise men in my life then they want what you have and they'll pursue it. Yeah. yeah I, I found that, you know, the ability to read a book uh, is helpful when somebody's recorded their wisdom. Uh, and, uh, but then the ability to talk about those things live as they're happening and to get the emerging wisdom before it makes it into a book is also important, right? So having those, right. you know, the... <clears throat> recorded wisdom of others and then having the immediate wisdom available to deal with the here and the now with people is, is so critical uh, and all that. Yeah. Nothing's more impactful than digesting wisdom together. Yeah. Because the right. wisdom, the wisdom itself is a, is a great principle, but I need to know how it works in my world. And when I have guys right. in my world doing <clears throat> on the same bone, we usually come out with something that we can actually go do and and succeed in and then that builds our confidence as a man yeah you and, at least have a better yeah. shot at, at succeeding <clears throat> that's right, right. And, I mean, and i tell you if there's one thing at the core of manhood is you want to succeed you want yep. to be competent and confident and you want to get results and when you do that a guy gets good results he feels great about his life but when he's that's right away and failing that just that just takes all the, the wind out of him and he's discouraged and he's despondent and a guy stays in that condition long enough, he gets in trouble. And, and we as dads, I, I just think about that and not maybe not even just as dads, but as mentors, we can help guys get to the, the good information because we don't have it all. And I, I'll, I'll tell a quick story. I, I, when my oldest son was getting to a senior in high school, I knew he was going to have some interviews to deal with, with scholarships and everything. And I, I know a guy who was an executive at a major company. And I, I talked to Glenn and I said, Glenn, I would love for you to meet with Tim and talk with him about how do you interview well in high pressure situations? And so he was delighted to do it. And what was fun for me is I, I was exposing my son to someone who had wisdom that I didn't. And when, when he finished with Glenn, Tim called me and he said, Dad, Mr. Jones is so much smarter than you. I just want you to know. <laughs> <laughs> and, and I just love that because what it, what, it, what it helped me see is I don't have it all. And so I need to put people that I come in contact with, folks that I know who have different skills and information because we need this collective wisdom that... Um, that the community of men has. Yeah, but Mike, so, that's, that's why I use this term a lot. Mark's heard me use this term a lot. But that's, that's why, Mike, you're a smart dad. Because a smart dad knows he doesn't know it all, but the smart dad connects him to smart, his son and his daughter to smart people. Yep. Yeah, uh, you know, uh, Ecclesiastes, Solomon talks about a cord of three strands is not easily broken. Yep. Sometimes as fathers, we want to be the sole influencer. Right. And, and we even feel jealous of other men that might come in and influence our kids. And I know 
when I was just trying to get my daughter to ride a bike and she was pushing back against me and the neighbor down the street said, give, give, give your daughter to me for half an hour and I'll get a ride in that bike. And she wouldn't talk back to him. <laughs> and so, sure enough, in yep. 30 minutes, I've been spending an hour and a half trying to get her to ride a bike. And in 30 minutes, he got her doing exactly what she needed to do. And I was like, I didn't sit there and feel, oh, woe is me. I thought, man, I'm so glad I have other men in my life yeah. and my kids' yep. lives that can help uh, round out this experience. Well, Mike, um, tell us a little bit, just as we wrap up here, tell us a little bit about Noble Warriors. We always want to expose uh, men at, that are participating in the Better Man community to other men's ministries and programs. Tell us a little bit about your work with Noble Warrior. Yeah, um, so... God birthed this ministry in 2005. I left, um, I had been a high school science teacher and coach and then a high school administrator and then worked in a family construction business. And, and then God called me to ministry and it, it clearly became men's ministry. So we launched this in 2005. And um, so really our, our mission is to serve local churches as they equip men to walk with Christ and lead well. And so we want to see men walk with Jesus understanding that he is the, the model for biblical manhood. He is our model man. And so we need to study him and know him. And then we need to follow his example in the way that we lead, first of all, ourselves, then in every other aspect of our lives. So our marriages, our families, and our businesses. And I think so often we think in terms of men leading once they are married. But, uh, Another thing that I that talked about with my sons and other young men is, man, you lead everywhere you are. You, you begin to see yourself as a leader in the classroom and on the court, on the playing field, because I think men's discipleship is synonymous with leadership development. And so that's, that's what we're working on all the time is to help churches understand that uh, you know, if you want to increase your kingdom impact, you want your ministry to grow in the community, then you've got to have leaders and you get leaders by investing in men. And so that's what we're doing across the state of Virginia. We host uh, four men's conferences. We host a pastors and leaders conference. And then we've got regional teams of guys that are working with their lay leaders, working with other lay leaders to um, just improve what's going on in terms of efficiency and strategic engagement with men at the local church. And so um, God's just, God's just used all of this to help us engage the church. And, and some churches just, they're not ready, but then we have churches, you, you even mentioned this at the beginning, maybe a church that's doing something. I met yesterday morning with a guy <clears throat> who's a pastor. He's been a pastor, uh, took an over, taken over a pastorate of a church um, about a year ago. He's a guy who was from this area, moved to another area, and he was already familiar with some men's ministry stuff that we were doing here. He just launched, Robert, get this, he launched the quest with his men on Sunday night. The church, they have 400 uh, worshiping on Sunday morning total. He had 114 men come out to launch the wow. quest last Sunday night. Wow, that's and, amazing. Oh, it's exciting. And, and so he is thrilled. He said, Mike, I can't wait to tell you some of the stories of what I'm hearing already after the first session. And so, um, you know, when we get a guy, when a pastor gets that, man, God changes this church, he grows the church when we invest in men, 
then all of a sudden the floodgate opens and we see some cool things happen. So those are the stories that we're going for. And um, it's just one by one often. It's relationship wow. development. Ministry takes place in the context of relationship. And so that's what we continue to work on is developing a relationship with a local church so that we can truly serve and encourage them to focus on men as a discipleship priority. Well, Mike, I've always loved your passion. I've seen it all these years. I, in fact, uh, even listening to you today as we've talked, I thought it'd be great if we could clone about a hundred Mike Youngs to put around the country because uh, you're, you're a difference maker and you have been a difference mm. maker. And uh, Mark and I have certainly appreciated having some time with you today. Yeah. Thank, oh, it's a thanks, blessing. Mike. Thank you guys. What I take away today is just the idea that uh, what Proverbs uh, reminds us, plans fail for lack of counsel. With many advisors, they succeed. And sometimes we don't think about the men that we're sitting around a circle as advisors, but that's in fact what they are. They help us succeed in what we're doing. Mike, thanks for being here with us today. And I hope everybody has uh, been encouraged by the thoughts today. If you're not in a group of men that's meeting on any kind of consistent basis, why don't you take that initiative today? Call up a couple friends, go out to coffee, make a commitment to meet on a regular basis. It will change your life. You've heard it here today from Robert, Mark, and most importantly, Mike Young. So <laughs> thank you for being here and thank you for listening to the Better Man podcast. Be sure to rate us on your app of choice. Thanks. Hey, this is Mark Matlock with the Better Man Podcast. I just want to remind you to leave a review and subscribe to the Better Man Podcast on whatever platform you're listening from. If you're a church or organization leader interested in bringing a Better Man 10-week event to your community, go to betterman.com for information.